right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. How are we doing tonight? Praise the Lord. We're going to have a good time getting into the Word of God together and uh, just absolutely worshiping. It's going to be an awesome, awesome night to be together. Well, we're going to open things up like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. So let's go ahead and stand up together tonight and speak these words of faith together. we got to say it loud and say it proud and say it like we mean it because we do. Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight, and you may be seated. All right. Well, we got a few announcements to go over here. First of all, uh, we're still standing in faith for anybody receiving healing. We believe that by Jesus' stripes you're healed. And so if you're watching with us online tonight, we say in the name of Jesus you are healed and that uh, you're coming right through all the way 100% healed, healthy, and whole. So you listen up to the Word of God tonight. Amen? All right. Uh, we want to tell you that tomorrow night is going to be our National Day of Prayer event. All right? And it's going to be at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. And uh, just come on out. We're going to open up with a little bit of worship. And then we're going to get right into some prayer over some different specific areas for our nation. And so, yeah, you can invite friends or anything like that you want to do. But be here tomorrow night at 6. It's the first time we've ever really uh, done one of these on our own. So it's going to be a really, really great time. So tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, probably about an hour long, we're going to do the National Day of Prayer. All right. And then uh, the mother-daughter banquet is coming up on Saturday, all right? Uh, so the registration is already closed for that. Uh, we've got, uh, we, you know, they've told me there's like 80 ladies coming. It's going to be a really awesome turnout. And uh, so if you have signed up, it's going to be Saturday at 11 o'clock. So be here. Bring your daughter. Bring your mom. Bring your grandma. It's going to be a really super fun time. So this will be Saturday. And then, of course, that means that Sunday, the very next day, is Mother's Day. Let's hear it for all the moms, everybody. Amen. And so Mother's Day will be this Sunday. And, of course, we really like to celebrate Mother's Day real big because we have so many wonderful ladies and moms in the church. And uh, we're going to... Uh, so we'll have a gift for every single mom that's in attendance, and there will be some additional prizes and fun things going on. So that's this Sunday, and that also means that there's no PM service this Sunday night. So we'll give all the moms, you know, a night off together and all this stuff. So that's this coming Sunday. Also, want to tell you that uh, the very next week is going to be uh, we're going to be honoring our high school graduates that Sunday morning, and uh, we got a lot of them this year. Uh, I think the most we've ever had. So um, that Sunday morning, we'll be praying for them and giving them a gift and, and everything and celebrating their accomplishments. So make sure if you have a high school graduate or you are one, be here uh, Sunday morning, the 15th. Don't miss that. And then we have uh, Reverend Ray Bench and his wife Janine are going to be with us. Amen. 
the very next week, so three weeks in a row, man, we're just hitting out home runs here all month long. The very next week is going to be Ray Bench and his wife. Uh, Ray's going to do both Sunday services on the 22nd. But then uh, on the 21st, the day before that, our Young Wives and Moms group is going to be meeting at Pastor Katie and I's house at 11 o'clock that morning. And Janine Bench will be doing uh, the lesson and the and, and uh, ministering to all the Young Wives and Moms. So don't miss out on that if you're in that category. And you will really, really, really be blessed. She's got a lot of wisdom and insight for you. So don't miss out on that event. And then the last thing uh, for the month of May that I know of, there's probably more things, but it's going to be the Lyft Family Picnic at the Park. And that's going to be on Monday, the 23rd, 630 at the 8th Street Park. So come on out, bring, you know, bring some food and some stuff for the kids to do. It's just going to be a great time uh, hanging out together and uh, celebrating all the good things that God's done in our lives. But the Family Picnic Night, come out that night, the 23rd. 630 H Street Park. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, sir. It is happy time. So if you need an envelope, you can raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. And we're going to open up our Bibles tonight to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And I'm going to be in the King James Version on this. Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to pick it up here at uh, verse 7. But, you know, it's an important time for us to be paying attention to what's going on in the world. I think that everybody sees that. We've uh, done some end-time studies ourselves as a church over some of these uh, last several weeks, last couple of months. And we can tell that, hey, things are getting serious in the world. We need to take our faith more seriously than we ever have before. And, you know, as Christians, I know that we're supposed to be wise. And I was even listening to different preachers, and, and you know, I'm not a big economy guy, but even hear a lot of the economists saying, hey, you know, next year, the end of this year, there's a recession coming, and they're saying all these things. And I'm like, well, hey, just, if that happens, I don't have to participate in that because I do not belong to this world. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. They are not my supplier anyway. So, you know, hey, we know in times there's things coming upon the world, uh, but at the same time, we don't have to be a part of all that. And so I want to show you something tonight in Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 7. It says, be not deceived. So do you need to be deceived? No, you can make the quality decision to not be deceived. And it, I mean, the, hey, the choice is up to you. It's telling you, be not deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. And there's so many things in that verse right there. But first of all, you need to know, don't be deceived. God is not going to be mocked. And how is he not going to be mocked? Well, not in any way, but it says, whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And so if you are sowing the seed, God is not going to be mocked in all of this. You will reap what you sow, as we see in some of the later verses there, too. But I'm telling you this right now, that as we're, you know, trying to be wise and, you know, maybe cutting back in some different areas and stuff, it's super important that you have seed being sown into the ground. Because when it's time to reap a harvest, 
You can't sit there and claim harvest over your life if you don't have any seeds planted. You know, where I grew up, it was farm country. It was corn everywhere and wheat and soybeans as far as the eye could see. But out of all the farmers I knew growing up, they couldn't go out there in October and be like, well, I guess it's it's harvest time because it says it on the calendar. But if they go out there and there's nothing growing in the fields, it's because they didn't plant anything. And they can't say, well, God's not fair. The system isn't fair. This isn't fair. No, it's their fault for not planting seed. And so I'm encouraging us all now. Yeah, we've got to make wise decisions. You know, Pastor Katie and I are looking at things that we got to do to be more wise. But one thing we're especially doing right now is we're sowing more seed than we've ever sown before. Because I can see, man, in months ahead, praise God, I'm going to have a harvest coming in when I need it. In due season, verse 9 says, you shall reap if you faint not. And so I encourage us today to be sowers, to be planters. And then when we need a harvest, it is going to be there. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. Well, let's stand up together. Praise the Lord. Let's stand up. We are going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings tonight and speak these words of faith. Never get into a rut. Never get into saying, oh, it's just, you know, it's a part of the service. It's a tradition we do. It's so much more than that. This is our chance to release faith over our finances. So let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Join us up here at the altar. Let's worship the Lord together with our tithes and offerings and singing about Him being our first love. Amen. Yes, Jesus, you're our first love. Every fear overtaken, every wall comes crashing down. I am free in your presence. Whoa. Your love. I can't stop singing about your 
Jesus, we love you. And Father, we look to you. We look to you in the name of Jesus. 
<clears throat> for the times we live in, for the things going on. And Lord, we know that nothing, 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 nothing ever happens in this world takes you by surprise. You said through Isaiah, you know, the ending from the beginning. You know how it ends where it even starts. And Lord, you also said that the steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. So as your children, your sons and daughters, the time we live in, we want to thank you for your presence, not just in a church service, but Lord, when you were on earth, you said that we go to our prayer closet and pray in secret. Our Father which sees in secret will reward us openly. So as we are Christians that pray privately and publicly, as we are Christians that study our Bibles privately and publicly, we want to thank you. You said open reward, which means that that's answered prayer and people see that you're working in our lives so we can help them too. So we thank you tonight, the things you have me to teach and share on, that everybody watching out there on the internet, both today and in the future, and the ones in the service here tonight, they're all going to see things, hear things, understand things that are going to help them safely navigate through the times we live in, not only to survive, but to thrive and reach out to help others. <clears throat> Thank you in Jesus' name for all you're going to say and do tonight. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Give somebody a high five, hug, handshake. Amen. I'll tell you what, we can social be sociable we can social distance up close at a distance but be sociable christians should be sociable amen amen well tonight i'm going to be teaching on why every believer needs a pastor how many would agree with that amen your believers you're here so you must either believe it or halfway believe it or somebody tricked you and that's, <clears throat> this is for you out there too, but I want to show you a couple books by Dr. Barclay. He's our pastor. And uh, this one here is called The Sin of Lawlessness. The Sin of Lawlessness. And that means people, even Christians, they just live their life how they want to. And they just still live like the world. They might go to church and they might bat like a sheep. They might bat like a sheep, but they butt like a goat. Amen. That is but, 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 but. Everything they hear, but this, but that. Well, sheep, bat, they say amen, and they hook up with God's plan. And then here's another book called Improving Your Performance. That's why we're here on Wednesday night. That's why we come every Sunday morning, Sunday nights, special meetings. Every Christian should want to grow and want to live a better Christian life and be able to be a blessing to their church. And help other people, amen? The, the book I really wanted to get, but we're out of right now, but we will be getting them in, in Jesus' name very soon, is called The Bible Way to Relate to Your Pastor. And I've, I've been preaching for a long time now, but Dr. Barclay wrote that book when I was a baby Christian, new Christian. And when I started that book, The Bible Way to Relate to Your Pastor, it really helped me to submit to my pastor and uh, be a blessing to him so he could do all for me that God had him to do. I'm not talking about help me fix my car or help me pay bills, but taught me from the Word of God how I could follow Him as He followed Christ so I would know how to get God's help for car repairs, bills paid, 
and been able to do what I need to do in life. That's what pastors do. They help you. But tonight I want you to start off with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Hebrews 10, verse 25. And uh, I'm, I'm going to look at a lot of scriptures tonight, and I'm going to do my best to basically look at the scriptures make a few comments because in praying, praying about what the Lord wanted to do, I just see the help the Christians need right now and help God's way. So I just want to show you a lot of things that the Bible says is important to pastors to God and to you as believers. But Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, this was our theme verse, what, two or three years ago, Pastor Dave? And I, I've been King James. I'm still pretty much a King James man. But uh, they all say the same thing, just different ways. But it says, verse 25, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And, you know, unless you're somebody that is blind, either because you've been blinded and don't know the truth yet, or you're will- willfully blinded, because you choose not to follow the truth of the word that you know, you know that we're at the end of the last days. We're coming up to the end of time, and I don't, I, I don't want to hit any buddy trills, really. i got a lot of scripture i got to go to. But we're in dangerous times. Every day is like walking through a minefield. Every day is like, you know, in the uh, Middle East over there, they had those improvised explosive devices that they never knew what was going to be out there. Well, every day... We as Christians don't know what kind of traps are out there to try to snare us and pull us down, but Jesus does. And so if we do things his way, there's nothing Satan can do to pull the wool over your eyes. Nothing he can do to take you out early. Nothing he can do to take your family out if you know the truth of God's word and you follow it. So he says, not forsaking the sin of yourselves together as a manner of some is. Manner means that's your habits. That's your habits. And I just, I can't do a whole lot of comment on this verse. It's not my main verse. It's just starting off point. But there's a lot of Christians, they have the manner, the habit of going to the gym several times a week. No matter what time they get to bed, if they have to be at the gym at 5 o'clock in the morning, they're going to be at the gym because they're going to do it. But if they happen to stay up past 10 o'clock on Saturday night, then they're custom not church because it's not that important, so they don't go to church. Wow. Or somebody calls them and tells them, we're doing this on Sunday, how'd you like to come? Because their manner or their custom or their habit is not church, then they just take off and do something else. And God said, don't forsake the sin of the saints. When we assemble together, we're the saints. And we assemble together because God said to and he said, don't quit doing that as some do. And so, to me, if God says something like this, and this is that important to him, and then just think about this. Anything that God's for, Satan's against. Amen. Anything that God's for, Satan's against. And so what I want to do, I want to go through the word of God and look and see what God sees about the importance of going to church and having a pastor. And what Satan sees, they tries to stop it so much. You know, I just, I, I just, I just can't go down that road. It's just, it's just so, it's just so grievous to a pastor 
for the perilous times we live in to see the amount of Christians that haven't got it yet. And so for the last, last several days, I've been thinking about our church. We have a lot of new Christians, believers, that don't know anything. And we have, we have, we have, we have Christians that are really totally ignorant about what's going on. They just do it because they do it. They don't really know why. And so I've really been praying for new Christians, baby Christians, and thinking, Lord, what's the best way to do to help these? Pastor Dave's the one that primarily, uh, pastors the church now, but as a senior pastor and, uh, et cetera, I just think about the Christians. I got to thinking, I got born again 42 years ago. And I was thinking, 42 years ago at the end of April, I was three months old in the Lord. I was a baby Christian. I was a new Christian. I knew nothing. And I got to thinking about how I started off knowing nothing to where I am today. I just thinking and praying, Lord, what is it I could do to help these new guys to get hooked up and not go through maybe some of the things I went through sometimes? What is it out of 42 years of Christian living, been 30 years I've been a pastor, and then I preached for 10 years before that, going to churches and things, still a truck driver, but pastor, uh, going to churches on weekends and things. So I've been really, been, I've been preaching over 40 years. And so out of all the things that I've seen, there's so many things I could say, but I really believe the Lord told me what I'm teaching you tonight is the most important thing at the top of the list of what you as a Christian, if you're going to survive and make it and thrive and be a successful Christian. You know, our, 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 uh, Focus for our church, our theme for our church, our vision is equipping God's people for a victorious Christian living. And that's not just something that we pulled out of the air. When I first started pastoring back in the early 90s, I, uh, all the church was supposed to have a, a vision, a mission statement, things like that. Well, I spent, I spent a couple of weeks with people praying, seeking God about what our church's goal was. And our goal is to equip God's people. How many that are sitting here tonight feel that you've grown as a Christian since you've been here. You've been equipped somewhat. How many have a different handle on how to get healed than you used to? And how about how about tithing and giving and receiving financial blessing? And how about loving people, forgiving people, helping people? And how about your mouth? I mean, see, have we equipped you? So so we're, we're, we're reaching our target to do that. But tonight I want to say this. And, of course, if you're here on Wednesday night, you're probably regular Wednesday night people anyway. You've got a good handle on this. You need to shore it up. But for a lot of people out there watching, and maybe people that are casual attenders that will see this sometime, if I can tell you the most important thing in my life to help me get on the right right starters of Christians is what I'm going to teach tonight. And so I want you to go to Jeremiah <clears throat> chapter 3. Verse 15, Jeremiah 3.15. And uh, I'm going to do my best just to go through here because I want you to see these with your own eyes. I want you to write them down. And then I want you to do some studying on your own. And uh, it, it would be so good for you to write these down as your study list for a while till you really get them down in your thinking and your understanding. But I want to say this again. If church attendance and having a pastor is so important to God that the devil sees it too and tries to pull people out of church, then why don't we see what God sees and what Satan knows so we get a hold of it and be smarter than the devil? Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. 
Old Testament, God said, and I will give you pastors. Where do pastors come from? From God, I'll give you pastors according to my heart. And I can tell you, from 30 years' experience as a pastor, something changes inside of a believer when he crosses the line from believer to pastor. I don't see people like I did when I was a Christian. Talk about a Christian sitting out there in the seats. I have more compassion than I did when I was a believer. And I, I got to make sure that comes out right. I'm a believer and I'm a Christian, but when I was out there, before God put his heart in me for being a pastor, I wasn't as patient with people. I wasn't, I wasn't so compassionate to be able to listen to them and then be able to see something from God's perspective to help them. It's amazed me out of 30 years of pastoring how somebody can begin to talk to me and all of a sudden heaven flows through me to see what the answer is to help them. Why would God say it's important to come to church? Why would the devil tell you it's more important to go to a ball game, a dog race, a picnic, or stay home and catch up on your sleep, or whatever else it is on a Sunday morning? Why would the devil try to keep you out of church? Because God has a man or a woman there called of him with his heart to give you answers. Let me ask you another question. Has anybody ever been in a service here? Well, when the message was done, what was myself or, or Mrs. Pastor, Pastor Dave or somebody else? And when you left, you thought, wow, they were talking right to me. You know why? Because we have God's heart for you. And when you show up, God shows up for you. And it amazes me when I've had really, really, really lots of people in here I'd have a half a dozen, a dozen people from all different backgrounds. And, I, and I've heard comments like, Pastor, were you listening to my window this week? I've heard people say, Pastor, did my husband call you? Our kids say, my parents been talking to you? You know why that is? The Holy Ghost is God. He gets inside of pastors and he says what God wants to say. Now, I'm not talking about a professional preacher. Jesus in John chapter 10 said there's a difference between a shepherd and a harling. A harling is somebody that's in this for a career. I don't have a career. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor until the day I die. I'm a pastor. It's not a career. Pastors want to be blessed financially like everybody else, but I pastored and I preached when nothing was coming in. I've lived in places I didn't want to live with my family because nothing was coming in. But I had God's heart to help people. Now, professionals are in it for the money. They want to come in, and they can't get promoted fast enough in the financial realm at one church. They'll start putting applications around, like people go searching jobs. They'll search for churches. Amen. And so there's a difference between a Harley and a pastor. So I'm not talking about professional preachers that want a paycheck. I'm not pastors that have God's heart and that's what they care about is Jesus is this the people you want me to minister to Lord is this where I'm supposed to be at then Lord my life's yours whatever you want me to do I'll do it everything you want me to do Lord I'll help these people that's what I'm talking about he said now we're talking about why God wants you connected to your pastor he said I'll give you pastors which my heart which shall feed you now listen to this 
this is really, really important. And this is why Satan wants to keep you out of church as much as possible. And this is why God wants you in church. He said they shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And understanding. And understanding. And understanding. It's one thing to have Bible knowledge. It's another thing to understand what you know so you can apply it in your everyday life to win. I know I know people that can probably quote a whole lot more Bible than me that don't know a thing about faith. But they have a lot of knowledge. He said pastors feed you with knowledge and understanding. You know, I was thinking about an example I used the other day. Oh, I can't, I can't go along like he's not going to get back there. But I was thinking, I, when I was preaching Sunday night, I think it was, I talked about when I diagnosed, got diagnosed with cancer back in uh, 2018. God had me tell you, I'm going to be a living example to you how to come through a serious crisis. I said, you watch what I do as I go through this season receiving my healing, and I will teach you. So in other words, <clears throat> excuse me, that wasn't my private time to go hiding. There's no hiding. We live in glass houses. I went through that and got up here consistently still. I preached the word of God. I didn't preach all the time because I had to pass it off to get help. But as much as I could, I preached and I taught you, here's what just happened this week. And it wasn't bad reports, sad reports, is what was going on. I showed you from the word of God how to understand by his stripes you were healed. How to understand believers lay hands of sick and they shall recover. In other words, you've got knowledge that in a church like this. We use those scriptures all the time, but I helped you understand it from a teachable moment. You understand what I'm saying? And financial things, it's the same way. We teach you not only that you can say, my God supplies all my need, but we teach you how to put that into reality where God does supply all your need. Amen. What what good does it do to be able to quote the Bible if it's not working for you? And let me throw one more thing out at you. If you got any rebellion in you, just listen close. If you could learn it by yourself, why would God say, I'll give you pastors to teach you how to understand it? Think about that. I guess I'm talking to the camera out here. Get a hold of that. If you get it by yourself, why would God say, don't forsake the assembly? And why would God say, I'll give you pastors that feed you knowledge and help you understand what you've got? Amen. Is this helping anybody see this? This is why everybody, well, go ahead and clap if you want to. I mean, that's okay too. But uh, this is why everybody, everybody, needs to have their pastor, the one God decides. Look at Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. I want to do my best.